Dave Moore on Today FM podcast. Richard, good morning. Right. Good morning to you. Uh, where in the world do we find you now? I'm down in New Zealand in a little place called the Bay of Plenty. It's a big bite. Looks like somebody's taken a bite out of the side of the of the, the North Island. That's the right. Bay of Plenty. I'm tucked away there. And you do, do you, do you spend, do you kind of flip your time between New Zealand and the UK? Or are you always in New Zealand? Um, Post-COVID, I, I, I haven't been back to the UK. I was supposed to come back last year for about 50 years of Rocky, but I, I'd just been to Australia and, and contracted COVID and I, I had no desire to be in an international airport with millions of people Very uh, after that. I, I'm still reluctant to do so. Yeah, I understand that completely. And I mean, do you, do you consider them both home or is New Zealand the, the place you consider home? New Zealand is my home and, and I consider myself to be a New Zealander. I was raised here and uh, schooled here. Uh, I might have very strong connections here, family ties, etc. Mm. Uh, the thing I miss about the UK and Europe in general is antiquity. I, I, I miss the museums. I miss yes. the architecture. I, I miss I miss so much uh, of that, but there's other there are other benefits that make up for it. Oh, I would imagine so. Uh, it's definitely on my bucket list to visit that beautiful country you're in right now. Have you spent much time? Because obviously you've travelled the world. Have you spent much time in Ireland? Actually, I love Ireland. I first came into Ireland for a wedding. Actually, it was uh, Excal- Excalibur was a movie being made. Yes, and uh, one one of the actors was marrying a friend of mine. So I I went. To, I took. I'd heard that there was a hydrofoil that went from Liverpool to, to, to Ireland, and I thought, I'll book that. So I got the train early in the morning, took my little boy up on the train with him. We arrived in, 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 uh, in Liverpool very early, got to the boat, and it wasn't the, the hydrofoil had been taken out of service. Oh, no, so it was the long one. <laughs> I was furious. So I, 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 I got the ca- a cab driver to take me to the airport, and I, and I hired a private plane, a, a, oh. a little... It cost. It wasn't much. It was a really? six-seater Learjet. It cost me five hundred pounds to get. You to are kidding! That's the two of us. That's all right, isn't it? And it oh was delightful God. because we came in at very low over Ireland, and and the and that that wonderful bedspread of, of of green was just wonderful. <laughs> My God. The private jet for £500, we're all very jealous of that, I can tell you for sure. Richard, it would be amazing to hear the genesis of the Rocky Horror Show. As you mentioned there, it was 50 years last year. It's coming to Ireland. People are going to see it on stage yet again. We're so excited. But when you go back to think about where it came from and how it came to be, can you retell us that little bit of that story? Well, it, um, I remember someone asked uh, asked Tim when we were doing the show first. Uh, someone asked Tim Curry how old I was, and he said thirty one, going on thirteen, and he was absolutely right. Yeah, it's uh, it, the Rocky Horror is is uh, is the sort of musical written in a boy's bedroom. It's uh, it's affection for B movies and and and, and pulp fiction and and yeah. and, and, uh, and uh, populist themes is is evident. And 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 I and it really is a childish piece of work, but I think that's part of the fun. I'm glad you said that because that's exactly what it is. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it and it allows everybody else to be childish as well, and, and children and 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 enjoy things. It's 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 a there's nothing. It's 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 odd that it came out of the the Royal Court Theatre and the English Stage Company. That the English Stage Company had been been put together to. Um, to make sure that Britain 
had some decent kind of theatre coming up from writers' um, uh, plays because um, American uh, um, playwriting was very muscular in the early yes. 50s. Coming out of the 50s, things were changing. And the first play that, that, they, that made any mark was Look Back in Anger. And, uh, and it, was, it wasn't liked by anybody, uh, but it made a mark. It was kitchen sink drama, and it was away from all the establishment kind of dramas, mm. and considered to be a major piece of writing. Well, years later, I was sitting, I was standing, I was standing with, I was having a chat with Bob Hoskins, and we'd both been at, the, at the, the court together in those early days. And I was talking about Rocky's success coming out of there and the fact that, you know, the only other thing had been looked back in anger. And he took, and it was a sacred cow at this time. Right. You weren't allowed to say anything wrong about it. And he looked at me and he said, well, wasn't a very good play, was it, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know what to say for a moment. I, said, I thought I was about to say you were not allowed to say that. <laughs> it is strange that our piece, of, uh, our piece of, of, of nonsense, our lovely piece of nonsense has succeeded where others have fallen and they were trying to be, trying to make a mark where we weren't. Three weeks, it will be over. Here we are 50 years later. It's Look, it, it found its audience, I guess, initially in those midnight screenings. It, it became this cult thing. And I mean, like, you know, I'm of a different generation to you, but so many of, of people my age, we love it. But it's one of those things that has, has found its way through to the next generation and the next generation. And now when people see it on the stage again, I think it'll re, be reborn again for another generation. It's just one of those pieces of art that just keeps finding its audience. I know, and it's, uh, it's, it is lovely. And, and, and it's nice that the audiences are, are already in party mood. But, but by the time they get to the theatre, we don't, we don't really attract theatre goers. We attract the ordinary people yeah. uh, rather than, you know, d- dedicated theatre goers. And so these ordinary people, uh, you know, that have been working in the office, maybe done a block booking from an office, are all ready to party the minute they the minute they get off work and go home. Maybe put on some slap and some fishnets, you know, and that's just the guys, and <laughs> and um, <laughs> and they're ready to party, and it's just delightful. They bring this joy with them to the theatre. It's fantastic. Yeah, it is. It is joy is a great word. That is exactly what it is all about. Look, I, I want to talk again about somewhere that I think most people will have seen you maybe for the for the first time, uh, which was on television and it was on The Crystal Maze, an absolutely phenomenal piece of television. And this was the early 90s. My memories of, of game shows and game show hosts in particular leading up to that were they were all so suited and suit tied and polished. And then you came out and jumped out in these wonderful outfits and just surprised us all. Well, I was very lucky with that because I I didn't want to become a a television celebrity per se. It was a wonderful new adventure. I was given complete reign, complete freedom to say and do whatever I wanted, which was fantastic. Playing playing one note harmonica for a while. I mean, just randomly finding out. These were the moments. These are the things that stick in my head. They were just fantastic. I had had two cameramen outside on the very first outing of this show. They didn't know what to do with themselves, you see. They were watching the people's heads and I used to go over to them and look into the camera and start chatting and my only journey was to make the photo- to make the cameraman laugh and the minute Brilliant. I saw the camera shaking on his shoulder I'd leave off 
And they didn't, the producers didn't know I was doing that because they were watching the game. They the were watching game. the free okay, camera. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then when they went to put the, put this, the, all that together at the end, they discovered me having those little asides to camera. And, and so that was very nice because it meant, it meant that I was looking straight into the lens and yes. talking to the, the people at home and they became complicit. You, me and, and the people at home became complicit against the, the players which was terribly nice. Oh, that's it is. That is absolute genius. It really is. And is there any game show you watch nowadays and enjoy, or do you do you avoid that kind of thing? No, I, my my television these days is YouTube. It's it's on my television screen, and it's a it's got a wider range of, of opportunities for me. Same as me. That's that's hilarious. Yeah, so many things. Yeah, it's, it's delightful. Listen, before I let you go, Richard, I do a thing called the quick fire round with all my guests. If it's okay with you, I'd like to ask you five quick questions. Throw whatever answers come off the top of your head. Is that okay? We'll try. First one is: What would you like to be known definitively as the best in the world at? Um, an artist. I would love. I would love to be an accomplished artist. Uh, when I say artist, I mean um, um, painter, drawer, painter. Yeah, and yeah my yeah. drawing skills are, are are all right, but I wish they were better. Okay, that's a great answer. Um, who is the most famous person in your phone? You've already mentioned Mr. Hoskins. Who else might you have had in that telephone directory of yours? Well, darling Lionel Bart was 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 my my greatest friend uh, in, in show business. Uh, you know that had a, had a name and a reputation for himself. Um, we're going way back in your memories now to when you were in school, uh, perhaps about eight years old. Did you have a lunchbox? And when you opened it up, what was inside? Well, we did have lunchboxes. My mother, my mother was uh, bless her was was uh, was uh, one of those people that uh, liked to be a little bit you know different. And so we'd get uh, sandwiches with marmite and walnuts in them. <laughs> walnuts. And, and, and sitting next to the other, sitting next to the others when they opened up their lunchbox, you know, and you've got marmite and walnut, you know, you don't, you're not very proud of it, you know. You'd rather have the peanut butter, wouldn't you? At yes, ten years yes. of age. That's definitely the most interesting sandwich combination I've ever heard on this entire show. Who would you like beside you in a zombie apocalypse? Um, my darling wife. The perfect answer. And the final question I ask everybody, and forgive me, it is a little strange, but because I don't, do you actively wash your legs in the shower? I don't shower. I'm in the bath all the time. I, I take a bath. I, okay. I like to shave in the bath, you see. Okay. I've, got, I've, got, I've got one of those things that goes across the bath with a mirror on it. And I, can, I can shave there and do everything. Brilliant. Okay, well then, yeah, you don't have to worry about the showers at all. Richard, it's been an absolute honour to talk to you. Thank you so much. I cannot wait for people to see Rocky Horror back on stage in Ireland. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you, Dave. Bye-bye. Dave Moore. On Today FM. Podcast.